Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. We're back. Episode 13. TBC podcast. Myself, Renee, co-hosting for Michael because he's away. With myself, Fidel. And hey guys, today... <laughs> Oh, she just dropped a bombshell on yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. in the house. Yeah. <laughs> As you can tell, the office is on that gin and juice wave. So Thanks, Noob. Excuse all the slurs and whatnot. How's everything been since the last time you was here? Yeah, it's been uh, pretty good. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's the story of my life. I just don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fair play. Well, one thing I do know is that weed doesn't have any effect on your health in the long term. That is that true? Where did this come from? What? Well, I read it in an article and survey says, or research suggests, as they do. But they've been saying that for well, time. Like, I'm happy to hear that. What about your lungs? I mean, obviously, that, it's like smoking. I yeah, mean, but actually... That- the plant itself. Are you talking about mental? Or- <laughs> in terms of giving you health problems, the process of how you like take it in, which could be through you can eat weed. Yeah, you can make yeah, that cookies, cookies and, and brownies. Brownies, yeah. yeah. So I guess if you don't want cancer, just do that. Where's the science? But- Where's the science? Science says asking? that weed is good. <laughs> but the government says. Uh-uh. Uh. So. I mean, Germany's making it legal though in about two years, apparently. Like the whole so, state, the whole country. Yeah, apparently. I mean, I saw that pop up somewhere, but just a matter of time. I reckon next ten years it'll be legal. Oh, absolutely, over. yeah. So the next epidemic. Yeah. So it's saying that in terms of health health issues, the only thing you have to really worry about is just dental health. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but just dental health. Sorry, you say dental or mental? Because it makes me paranoid. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Okay. I think like it is damaging, but I don't think physically. I think it's just mentally, and also just how people act. Like usually with with weed, say if you're going out somewhere, you're linking up with friends. Yeah, let's all go link up. Oh yeah, let's pick up some weed whilst we go out. But then once you go too deep into it, it's like people don't do anything without the weed. So. It's like, are we going to go to the show? No, we don't have weed, so we're not going anymore. So it becomes like the like, focal point of the life. I think that's where it goes wrong. When you're relying on yeah. it. Yeah. So like before you go, yeah, let's go to Wireless Festival. All right, pick up some weed. We're not going Wireless Festival because we can't pick up no weed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's off. Like, I'm not going <laughs> if I ain't got no job, bro. That's it. They're not having a good time. Now, I hear that. 
if it comes mad dependent on it, then yeah, it's a problem. But it's like anything. That's anything, really. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys ever yeah. had any like crazy experiences? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I like I said, I get really paranoid when I'm on it. It's really weird. Um, there's basically this one time I was in college and one of my best friends, her brother was down visiting for the weekend and she and him are very like love hate relationship anyway. They love each other, but they kind of yell at each other a lot. So, um, do you guys know what a gravity bong is? A what? A gravity bong. Explain. It's like, basically like you, you take like, um, like a two liter big bottle of soda, um, or whatever it is. And then you cut it, like you empty it and you cut it out and you like, you use that top half of the plastic container and then you fill it with smoke and then you push it down in like a tub of water. Anyway, it's very strong. Just, it's like lethal. Yeah. But it's, it's big. So like if you take one, Pause. yeah, if you take like, one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's big. But like, I didn't know. And I'm, I'm very stubborn. So I'm like, yeah, I can take this. So I took two hits of this and I was off my rocker. And like my, like I said, my friend and her brother, like love hate relationships. So they do yell at each other a lot. And he was saying something to her, like, I'm going to get what's rightfully mine. Whoa. In my head, I was like, that's it. He has a fucking gun. I'm going to die. He's going to come downstairs with a gun and we're, he's going, oh, I'm going to die. And so I locked myself in. Is that in the full process of the average American? That, no, this is, this, is, this is the process of me on weed, but perhaps... <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I locked myself in the bathroom and I was rocking back and forth being like, he won't find me here. Turns oh. <laughs> came out like an hour later. Turns out that he was mad at her because she was keeping his wallet from him because he didn't want to spend money and he told her to keep it from him if he got high. Sounds like a crack house. Eve. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone's that's scratching just, for that's money That's just university. Couches. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I wish I could enjoy the chilling out thing about it, but it is it is not for me. Renee, any stories on weed or drugs or anything? Nah, I'm a clean guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> not on drugs, but on weed. Nah, I'm a clean guy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I just know about weed from watching Friday and smoking. That's the only Watch knowledge the TV I have show of it. Weeds, man. Yeah, that's it. That's the only knowledge I have of. I it. think my only kind of crazy experience would be my first. Like, talk about that. Cool time. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was just a house party. Hot, summer. Hot summer's day or something. I think it was towards New Year's in the evening. So you don't even remember. And we must have stretched like <laughs> we must have stretched like the smallest bag of weed between like ten people and tried to roll it, and everything's just falling out. And then someone brought more smoke to whatever. I got so paranoid. I called. I called cousins I don't speak to <laughs> to come to beef that didn't exist. <laughs> and gave them a location I wasn't at. <laughs> like, it was just mad, didn't it? You sure you were smoking weed, yeah? You sure that was weed, yeah? Like, <laughs> bro, I don't know now, but... Could have been angel dust or anything, bro. That's crazy. Could have been something. <laughs> yeah, like, I ain't never heard of that one. Like, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Wow, so how did the beef that didn't happen kick off? What did your cousin just I just up? got slapped in my face because I just wasted someone's time, innit? You're wasting big man's time, yeah? Yeah, like, guys are filling up petrol, like, because it sounds serious, <laughs> innit? <laughs> man, I'm waking up out of bed, innit? <laughs> Putting on their tracksuit, fam, this is long, bro. <laughs> it's only because it's you, it's only because it's you. You feel me? <laughs> man, pull up and there's nothing there, bro, just empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You feel me? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely heard on that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good that like it's not 
damaging, so they say. And I just hope that, like... Please don't take my advice because if you do lose your life to weed, I don't know how. Because I'm, <laughs> I, I haven't seen anyone yet, but please don't hold me liable and don't send me any emails because yeah, I can't right. help you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, for the cancer thing, it is good as well, like, because it's like, I was reading a lot of articles about how it's helped children with epilepsy and, like, the medical side of the... The TB, I think it's the TBD oil. THC. THC. Yeah. There's an oil. There's an oil. There's a TBD. It's called TBD oil. Oh, I know that. It's a I've TBD. taken it. It's called TBD. What's TBD? Yeah. To be I'm determined. Ten- <laughs> 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 My friend's mum was actually taking that while she was going through some kind of cancer therapy. And it's a THC. It helps you. You put like a dab on your nail, don't you? It's called TBD oil. Is it oil? Yeah. Yeah. And you put like a little dip, like a dab it's on your nail. Basically, you like put it on your tongue. Yeah. Put it under your tongue and then like it's basically, you swallow it and stuff. It's meant to help you. It's meant to be like better than radiation. Yeah, I've taken that. Like you're still wave the next day. I went I to know. college and I'm just hanging. Like it gives you a hangover. It's not even a nice eye. It, it depends how strong it is. Yeah, that's not it. for it recreational. In. That's strictly yeah. medicinal. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> like the hard way still. Yeah. Don't be going out and asking a deal dealer. You got any oils there for me, man? Because <laughs> it's a myth. That's not where the party's at at all. But moving on, Real Safe releases Hood documentary series. Well, the second series through BBC Three. Have you guys been keeping up to date? No, I haven't mm-hmm, watched it. Nah. I didn't want to watch it. I'm just. Why not? I'm kind of like in two minds of like how I'm going to feel about it. Because I heard it's much shorter and it's been. Yeah, well, it's like 10 second, 10 minutes, five minute episodes. Yeah. Between five and 10 minutes, yeah. I'm going to come round to it. I think I'm going to wait till like, all the hype dies down and like, I'll take it in properly and absorb it because I don't really want to go off what I'm seeing so far. Someone who watched it, bro. Someone who watched it. Yeah. Do you want to speak? Who is it? Weasel. Weasel number three, yeah? yeah. <laughs> come on down. Introducing my bro. <laughs> come talking to the mic, fam. Yeah, bro. The way how a mic works, like that channel your mouth. Into Straight it. down. Oh, hello, hello. Am I good? Make out with It's a tough one. I mean, obviously, with it moving to BBC Three, everyone's going to have their preconceptions with it. So everyone loves the first ever series, the first series of the Hook documentary. And the problem is, moving to BBC Three, all the content's going to be filtered. And I think that's what's happened. Like watching two of them all the comments will agree as well. It's just, it's not the same. It's not the same. That's what I'm scared of. Like, I, I don't want to like, remember him. I want to remember Rose for the original Rose. Yeah. Like, not for this new Wash character. Not that he is washed or anything, but not. I don't even like, think it's a case of a character. It's just the negotiation of a deal, isn't it? Like mm. at the end of the day, he should have, I think he should have just done that independently. The main because thing the I formula was it, there. The main thing I found with it is that obviously from the first two episodes, there were loads of, things that loads of meme sort of worthy content if you know what I mean whereby people can use the stuff and they can you know they've they put it on Twitter there's loads of funny things like funny skits to take from there's nothing like that in the new one yeah and I think that's a big thing because that was one of the main things for it was that there was a lot of shareable content with it and it's not the same anymore and I don't know I, I thought the first one I was like okay it's not great but the first episode it, of the new series give it time and the second one just, is, is, I thought it was worse than the first one, personally. I don't see the point in having BBC Three. Like, why do you need them? I mean, it's online, isn't it? So, like, you should have just kept it online. On YouTube. It, yeah. yeah like, Unless they're paying to produce 
and giving him extra resources and facilitating other things, then yeah. But he probably could have kept that relationship with the BBC doing everything independently. I think obviously it's a money thing, like the lifestyle changes. Do you know what I mean? Like they show you a couple hundred thousand and that you don't have to go to work and stack shelves and as they're an act. Do you know what I mean? So you might have thought, hmm. He doesn't have that problem now because he's got his own role on a BBC programme. So he got, I don't know if it's a lead role or there's, he's definitely- So he's living, he he's can got, live. He's living yeah. from it. So I mean, he doesn't, I mean, obviously you can't turn down opportunities like that. But at the same time, he doesn't have to- You can elevate. turn opportunities- it's yeah, just like an MC. But I think he comes from a different mindset to a lot of people. And I think that's beneficial to him in a lot of aspects. But in this time, I don't think it's beneficial to him because I think he's looked at it as an opportunity to put it onto a different platform. And, and what expand his audience. It hasn't worked, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it's got views. Like the first episode's on, I think it's 600,000 views I checked today. Yeah. That's in a week. So that's big views. Well, that's anticipation for the new series. It's not exactly. until it gets to episode four, five, and six when It'll you actually see who's following. Bit. Yeah, no, I agree. And I don't think, well, to be honest, at first, everyone was like, oh, that's a big move. But all the worries have come true, I feel. If, what, for, from what everyone thought was going to be a problem, it's come to light. Yeah. And I don't know. There's obviously, I think there's another four episodes. We can, it's obviously quite early to, to talk about it now, but... I just can't see it being the same as before because everyone's going to have that preconception that will stay. It's not going to change. No one's going to look well, at it. Well, I think I look at it like this. If BBC3 was still on Sky Television, like available that widely, then it's a win. But because it's online, it's only going to be targeted towards the same audience he's already been making content to. So what do you win? It's not accessible like BBC, to that wider audience. BBC3 gain a lot. But what does he do in return? That's like the main thing. I just want to know what deal he got out of it. That's the main thing. Because must, they must have offered him something decent to have made him remove all the previous Hood documentaries and to put it onto that platform. And I just feel now that's it. I don't think Roll Safe could go any further than it is now because I think that's that's done. You think Roll Safe's done? Yeah, 100%. I just don't see how he can recover from that. He can't just be like, okay, well, that didn't work. I'm going to move back to my own YouTube channel. It's not, it's not going to work because it's made that transition... And it, it, it's like leaving, it's like leaving a house party and then you weren't invited really, but you go back and you can't get back in, if you know what I mean, because people don't want to see you again. And it's... <laughs> you're it's, just calling names at the door like, hey, yeah, my man's like, inside. No, my yeah. Man's, yeah, that's my man in the garden. Like, it's not going to happen. You can't do that. And I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't see it being able to live as a character after what's happened personally. Fuck. Would you agree? I don't know. I can't put... Have you, not, have you not seen any of them? I've seen the first two episodes. The first episode was funny, but the family episode, it's like five minutes long. It's like half... That's another issue. Like, it's only eight minutes long or maybe The first episode less. was about 10 minutes, but the second one was That's about the thing. Five. Compared to before when it was like 25 minutes, maybe even half an hour. Yeah. It's, that is a documentary, essentially. A mini doc, but you can't do it in like five minutes. It's not... It doesn't That's do a daily duppy. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a freestyle. It's a daily duppy or a music bid. It's not, it's not like a, it's not a role safe hood documentary, in my opinion, anyway. And I, it sounds quite critical saying all of this, but that's only because it comes from a place where... Do you like anything about role safe? Of course. I like loads of things about role safe. I've, the first, like, I love it. And that's why I'm really upset about it, because I just feel like it's gone in the completely wrong direction, personally. And it's just, it just doesn't have the same content that I was hoping for. Fair play. But I mean, have you not watched any of it? Have I watched anything? Yeah. Well, I watched 
the first two episodes, which is what's all that's, really yeah, the available. Second one came yeah, out so today, I'm up to yeah. date. The family episode felt a bit forced. Like that's you another can, thing. It's forced. I feel you can kind of tell when you've got a moment. I can, I presume as a scriptwriter when something's like gold or like meme quality or easily shareable or going viral yeah. and I feel like he's kind of pounced at those and instead of it being organic like it is, he- it's forced it's scripted in a sense and I feel like obviously previous to that it was scripted in certain aspects but it's it more creative more freedom flowing yeah. Was, yeah there's a lot more creative free, uh, freedom and I don't want it to sound as if I'm being critical towards him because obviously well, you I are. Am. you've basically said nothing I am, nice for I, like am, but I mean it's, it's one of those things where it's quite hard to find any positives because all the positives lie from the previous series. So you know are you I mean. saying it's no different to like a rapper who, who signs a deal and then drops like a pop single and just goes completely left I don't think that's just, I don't, and it doesn't I, I, resonate? It's I, I, in like the comedy world. I guess it's the only way you can kind of compare it yeah, like an analogy. The thing is, it's still trying to keep up to its previous theme. Yeah, he hasn't lost. He's trying not to lose his credibility. To be fair, Ross Safe himself is funny. Oh, he's in, that's the thing. Like as a character, he's amazing. Yeah, he's absolutely amazing as a character. But there's not enough time for him to showcase that. Yeah. In a small in a small time period, you can't get that across to the wider audience. And I think the idea was to obviously produce it to a wider audience, but it's not reaching that wider audience. It's just reaching the people that you know initially watched it. Yeah. And I don't so know. do you think? But do you think that's it or? The second season will flop and then he might, he might look, well not flop, it'll still do the numbers, but it won't, it won't resonate as well as the last one. And then he'll just go back to being independent. Picture it the first time. The first time the, um, the two episodes came out, look at how it went. Look at every rapper, every, everyone who's embedded in the scene, fans, everyone was just talking about it. Everyone was using the memes. Everyone was tweeting about it. Boot cuts. That's le- like literally that changed everything. Yeah, Bro, it <laughs> changed, everything. changed everything. <laughs> it changed everything. I can't leave my house. Like, why I do you can't leave my house in my boot cuts anymore? <laughs> all, Wait, you actually own I, them? I threw them all in the bin, bruv. They're gone. They're, they're all gone now. You yeah, can't be wearing them now. And it's, it's you know, that's well, not now. It's been a while, so like. yeah, I will have to wait for it. 2017, they're coming back. But I just, yeah, it's just stuff like that. That's besides the point. Stuff like that. Yeah, it you know that's that's something that happened in everyday life. There's nothing you can take from that, and you're going to use it with your mates. No, do you see what I mean? And that was the I think that was one of the main qualities of it was that you could use the content and just attribute it to everyday life. Exactly. And I I really want it to do well. Like it's wicked. We just want the old roll safe back. It is. It is. Yeah. It's like it's like saying, oh, you know, I want the old. Like with any rapper, it's like, oh, I don't like his new music. I wish he was, you know, but people change, I guess. And I think he sold out too quick. Yeah. It was way I too was, quick. Yeah. I think maybe like dropped maybe 10 or maybe five and then, you know what I mean? But we've only got two classics to hang on to. Cause and they're not even eight, there. It's eight minute, 10 minute things. Like, nah, that's dead fam. I want to sit down, watch the thing. In it, cup of tea, just chill out yeah. in your beds. Eight minutes long, Boom. it's not cutting it fam. Well, like the average show is like an hour now, like Games of Thrones and everything like that. And it drops at midday. Midday, exactly. I mean, like people got uni, people got work. You know what I mean? People might be sleeping. I mean, the only people are gonna, you know, are going to be watching that. Drug dealers and yeah, ballers. Jeremy Carl watches, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was on the JSA. <laughs> yeah, you know, eating the, the noodles, super noodles. You're watching it on BBC Super Free. noodle gang. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, 
But I mean, at the end of the day, I do really want to see it do well. Yeah. But yeah, real safe. We're not hating. Yeah, we're not hating because I mean, what he's done is amazing. Just get your independent he's hustle done, back on. The way he's managed to propel himself to the position he's in now is amazing. Within a short space of time, that you can't that be at all. And you know, I just hope he manages to find his. But know, he had that whole storms. Well, I'm not saying had past tense. He still does. But he's got that whole like stormsy appeal to him. Like he just. But look at his final. Why the England? Just he's done him. numbers more than the biggest rappers or grime artists in the UK on fire in the booth just by pissing around and being roll safe. I don't think he's pissing around though. Is like, not roll safe around, actually. Like the, the persona he gives yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. You takes, know what I mean? I think it takes a lot of skill to of, do what oh, he does, an it? Incredible amount of skill because, you know, being funny is quite hard and I know that. It's very difficult. Yeah. And... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they don't rate me here. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very tough trait to have to be able to make people laugh on a really large scale. And... Small scale. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I mean, yeah, props to him. He's done brilliant stuff for himself. He's now managed to land a big role on BBC apart from... Not I don't really think the... that validate. Oh, the, uh, the role outside yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, outside of that. I don't yeah, think yeah. the whole documentary being on BBC3 does anything like, well, to no, elevate because... his brand. But at the same time, it's more benef- it's benefiting BBC Three more than it's benefiting him. Of course. It's, it's their way of transforming into their new platform. So they've gone off TV, they've moved to YouTube and they're going, okay... We need to try and make this work. Yeah. We're trying to make this work. And this, that was the perfect thing to do. So, I mean, obviously they're throwing money at him and it's worked for him. But BBC have profited more, much more than he's done because he's done 600,000 views on their channel. And, you know, you look at any of their other content on there, it's not doing numbers like that at the moment. And that is big for them. It shows them, it propels BBC onto another stage because people see that and they go, oh, they're using this sort of content now. And it's driving more people to them rather than driving more people to Roll Safe or Kaoumi. And yeah, it's, it's a shame because I would have loved to have seen it done well. But yeah, shout outs to him. If I don't know if he's listening, but probably isn't. But yeah, <laughs> if, he is, <laughs> shout if he is listening, he's probably not happy. Yeah, yeah, he's, you probably locked off 10 minutes ago. You, yeah. you don't want to listen to this. But um yeah, it's 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 a shame, but I, we love you, man. Just stay, love you, stay independent. Stay yeah, independent. keep it up, and I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna do well in your life, man. Much better than I will, anyway. And yeah, man, that's about it, really. I think on that note, we should take a little break. We're back from a break, and before we continue with the rest of the, the podcast, I think we should just let you know we're going to be talking about a few sensitive subjects. So if you are affected, I guess. You might not want to listen or continue, but we will be discussing the topic of the Stanford rape case. And we've got Neural with us to provide some additional information into the case. Hi. Okay, so I think if you don't know about the Stanford rape case or the Stanford sexual assault case, it is an American case that has just come to light. Um, the kind of factual stats of the case are that an unidentified 23-year-old victim was attacked whilst visiting a campus. Uh, she attended a fraternity party. In the statement, she spoke of drinking at the party but not remembering the assault. Uh, this happened in January 2015. She was told that she'd been found behind a dumpster. She learned from news reports and witnesses um, that she'd been discovered with her attacker on top of her while she was unconscious and partly clothed. The witnesses that found her intervened and held the attacker, which is how he was arrested and it was brought to trial. 
The suspect was actually found guilty in March this year of three felony sexual assaults. Uh, the reason that this has become such a viral and topical case is because the Santa Clara County Superior Court judge, uh, Aaron per- Persky, um, who, FYI, went to the same university as the convicted rapist, gave the defendant what could have been a maximum of 14 years. He gave him six months in jail and three years probation. And he was found guilty by a jury of 12 people uh, of three counts of felony sexual assault. So she published a 7,000, which approximates a 12-page victim impact statement, which has gone viral uh, to date. It's had 10 million views on BuzzFeed. And um, even though it happened in the US, we think it's incredibly topical over here as well. It, It touches a lot on alcohol and consent and the understanding around consent, what's right, what's wrong, how people how people perceive it, how people respond to it as well. I think there's been a lot of kind of discussion and people commenting on news articles about who was in the right, who was in the wrong. Should you drink that much? Should you not? Does it make you responsible? So we've picked, um, there's three excerpts from this the, the impact statement that we're going to go through. And after each excerpt, I think we'll talk about what's happened in that excerpt. So if we just dip straight in, she she wrote her victim impact statement. She addressed it to her perpetrator. Um, so we'll go straight in and give you some context of the assault. And this is in her words of uh, how she, what happened to her. <clears throat> and she's remained anonymous, by the way, because she wants to be there for all women. She doesn't want to be one person. She wants to be a voice for all women that have had this happen to her. Um, And she's 23 years old, by the way, when this happened to her. Um, On January 17th, 2015, it was a quiet Saturday night at home. My dad made some dinner and I sat at the table with my younger sister who was visiting for the weekend. I was working full time and it was approaching my bedtime. I planned to stay home by myself, watch some TV and read while she went to a party with her friends. Then I decided it was my only night with her. I had nothing better to do. So why not? There's a dumb party 10 minutes from my house. I would go, I'd dance like a fool, embarrass my younger sister. On the way there, I joked that undergrad guys would have braces. My sister teased me for wearing a beige cardigan to a frat party like a librarian. I called myself Big Mama because I knew I would be the oldest one there. I made silly faces. I let my guard down and drank liquor too fast, not factoring in that my tolerance had significantly lowered since college. The next thing I remember was I was in a gurney in a hallway. I dried blood and bandages on the backs of my hands and elbows. I thought maybe I'd fallen and I was in an admin office on campus. A deputy explained I'd been assaulted. I still remained calm, assured he was speaking to the wrong person. I knew no one at this party. When I was finally allowed to go to the restroom, I pulled the hospital pants that they had given me down. I looked down and there was nothing. The thin piece of fabric, the only thing between my vagina and anything else, was missing. And everything inside me was silenced. I thought maybe the policeman used scissors to cut them off for evidence. Then I felt pine needles scratching the back of my neck and I started pulling them out of my hair. I thought maybe the pine needles had fallen from a tree onto my head. I shuffled from room to room with a blanket wrapped around me, pine needles trailing behind me. I left a little pile in every room I sat in. I was asked to sign papers that read rape victim and I thought that something has really happened. My clothes were confiscated and I stood naked while the nurses held a ruler to various abrasions on my body and photographed them. 
The three of us worked together to comb the pine needles out of my hair. Six hands stood for one paper bag. I had multiple swabs inserted into my vagina and anus, needles for shots, pills. I had an icon pointed straight into my spread legs. I had my vagina smeared with cold blue paint to check for abrasions. After a few hours of this, they let me shower. I stood there examining my body beneath the stream of water and decided, I don't want my body anymore. I was terrified of it. I didn't know what had been in it. I didn't know if it had been contaminated or who had touched it. I wanted to take off my body like a jacket and leave it at the hospital with everything else. On that morning, all I was told was that I'd been found behind a dumpster, potentially penetrated by a stranger, and that I should get retested for HIV because results don't always show up immediately. But for now, I should go home and get back to my normal life. Imagine stepping back into the world with only that information. They gave me hugs and I walked out of the hospital into the parking lot wearing the new sweatshirt and sweatpants they provided me as they'd only allowed to keep allowed me to keep my necklace and shoes. This is this then cuts and this is how she finds out about all of the details. So she leaves, that's everything that she has. She goes home, she kind of acts like nothing's happened. She's not really sure what's going on. She doesn't have any memory of it. One day I was at work scrolling through the news on my phone and I came across an article. In it, I read and learned for the first time about how I was found unconscious with my hair disheveled, my long necklace wrapped around my neck, bra pulled out of my dress, dress pulled over my shoulders and pulled above my waist that I was butt naked all the way down to my boots, legs spread apart, and had been penetrated by a foreign object by someone I did not recognize. I kept reading. In the next paragraph, I read something that I will never forgive. I read that according to him, I liked it. Again, I did not have words for these feelings. And then at the bottom of the article, after I learned about the graphic details of my own sexual assault, the article listed his swimming time. She was found breathing, unresponsive, with her underwear six inches away from her bare stomach, curled up in a fetal position. But by the way, he's really good at swimming. I think that the end of the article is where you list your extracurriculars to cancel out all the sickening things that have happened to you. That's the excerpt that we chose to cover her, what she can remember of the, of the assault. And I think it's kind of a good time for us to pick this up as a conversational, how that makes people feel what what how you how you think about that and um you know bearing in mind they never released a mugshot when have you ever heard of that happening in america and may i point out what we don't what we don't put in this article is she calls them out for saying if it was a young black man who wasn't a swimming athlete who wasn't on a scholarship you would have released his mugshot and you wouldn't have thought twice about putting him in prison for 14 years and she calls them out on that so as an as an american you know, it'd be really interesting. I know that you know the majority of this case, but focusing on what she said, frat parties, drinking, and race, and athletes, you know, it'd be really good to hear your opinion, Mary Ellen. No, I mean, everything she says is absolutely true. I mean, even like, hell, if it was like a celebrity like Justin Bieber or something, you get that mugshot the next day, you know what I'm saying? Like, and the fact that his mugshot wasn't released for months, like, it's a bit, it's a bit weird, the whole situation. Um, and I think there's um, there's another kid that um, he I think he was 19 or 20. His name was Corey Corey Beatty. Um, he was actually a young black man, and he went to another Ivy League school. I think um, anyway, he, similar circumstance. He had raped a girl. It was you know it was on camera. Everyone was drunk in the situation, and he got served 15 years. He got served the max. He's in prison for that now. Yeah. And this guy got what 
six months. It's not even... So his was on camera. His was on camera. Which I, in my mind, is just as valuable as two eyewitnesses. Absolutely. Eyewitnesses are stopping someone it. Out. Yeah. They went over. They said, hey, what are you doing? This guy got up and ran. She's unresponsive. There's two eyewitnesses. I mean, we'll go more into that in the court case. But really, he gets six months. Yeah, it's just, it's absolutely disgusting. Three years probation. And, you know, we'll go back to the point. He's from Stanford. He's on a swing. His judge was from Stanford. The judge is from Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. And there is this, everyone's like, you don't realize how how much in in America, and I'm not trying to generalize America, but the universities, oh, the societies, the fraternities, and particularly the athletes, they really overly work to protect them. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah like as, as far as I know, or I've seen, the only knowledge I have of like fraternities or universities or like athletes with scholarships at universities have only been through movies. And I've only seen video, like films where they're just partying at Project X and just drinking, but you're an American, so you actually know what it's like in those spaces or you have a better I mean, perspective than I do. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like I'm an American and I have done my damnedest to stay away from fraternities and stuff like that just because like there is this like this stigma where it's like, oh, like we're frats or we're sororities and we got each other and stuff. But it's not, to me, it's not about like, yeah, we're brothers, we're sisters, we have each other's backs. It's like, it's some sort of disgusting form of a cult where it's like, oh, because you went to this school, we got you. And like, you know, it doesn't matter. Oh, you raped a girl? doesn't matter because I was in your school and because I feel for you, I want to get you six months out of 15 years. Like, I don't know. That's why I've always stayed away from that as far as I could from I think, that I think kind of... Even what she pulled up herself, how do you list out the details of, a, of an assault? Yeah, I and mean... at the end of it... I mean... Go, here's his swimming time. Yeah. He's a scholarship They, they portrayed him. Oh, by the way, we don't have a mug shot, yeah. but we've got a school picture. And he's the all-American. Yeah, they, they, they even described him as like angel face and like kind yeah. and sweet. Yeah. They described him as that. If you were to see any other person, like... It, it would have been like, oh, you know what? Like they, like they deserved that. Or like, you know what? His record wasn't clean. Like, so this makes sense that he did this rape, you know, like, and they I'm always, they always say rape. They always say rape. But with yeah, this guy, they say statement. assault. It's not assault. It's rape. I can imagine it. that somewhere along the line, if someone pulled out articles of, of white men, white athletes in America that have been accused because they are innocent until proven guilty as by law. Um, black, black fraternity members or black oh, university yeah. members, that the terminology, and I think we've experienced this in the UK ourselves as well, would be different. It would be completely different. An angel-faced swimming athlete versus what, you know, f- f- I don't have no, any examples. I, mean, I don't even want I, to generalize, I don't, I don't but have you know any I mean. like specific examples in front of me, but like I know that I read news articles and it's 100% true what you're saying. Like they, they've had cases where it's been like black men and instead of saying, you know, they don't say this angel face like crap. They they say things like- Angel face, oh, yeah, yeah. black man. They'll, 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 they'll say the word rape. Like here they say the word assault. They'll here they, they'll throw the word rape around. They'll and throw the, the word, like they'll, they'll talk about like, let, you know what, they grew up in a bad well. neighborhood and they started dealing drugs like they say all of this shit so obviously yeah of course they're preconditioned for this and i and i have to remind people and i have to remind our listeners as well that rape is not 
is not what I think it's preconceived to be. It is not force just for sex. It is forced penetration of any kind. Yeah. That in, in legal definition here and in the US is what rape is. And henceforth, this was a rape case. He never forced sex upon her in the way that we know it to be, but there was penetration and therefore it is considered rape. And I think, you know, it is, oh, they shy away from the word. And um, I think, you know, part of the reason, and let's talk about what she spoke about, what she described. As far as I'm concerned, she doesn't have to remember what happened because as a woman, if I can't remember what happens after my last drink and I wake up in a fucking gurney in a hospital bed... And I have people taking photographs of bruises with rulers and I'm told that I need to get tested for HIV. Like, that's, that's impactful. I enough. mean, I got goosebumps. Do I need to know like, that remembered? Probably not. I probably rather not. I actually don't want those flashbacks. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I think the point that you were trying to make is just the fact that um, the entire court was against her, her victim, like her, the victim was because she was drunk. Like, I mean, how many people have been drunk in their lifetime where they made the most miserable decisions? Absolutely. But your actions have consequences. And if you're drunk and she's drunk, I don't give a shit. She was unconscious. She was unconscious. And you decided that it would be a a good idea to have sex with her anyway. That's a choice, my friend. It's a topic that that we move on to. We move on to that. That is kind of the roundup of the the conversation. But I, I do think, you know, it is, it's interesting and society's response to it has made me feel less like I don't like society. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, bl- you like lose your faith. Completely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> People's response to it is shocking. Oh, well, how do we know? I shouldn't say yes. Even I don't know. Oh. Maybe the bruises, maybe the fact that, you know. Maybe the fact that she couldn't she speak. Was, she had internal abrasions. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't realize that was a normal thing. Even I don't, I don't know if you read this, but even like his one of the the guy, the, the rapist, his um, I'm going to call him that because that's what he is, a rapist. His friend from when he was growing up gave him like wrote him a letter, like kind of backing him up. Like, but he was the sweetest boy that I ever his met. His dad like, published a kind of letter as well saying it's it, only, it is. He yeah, shouldn't yeah. be sentenced for he, 20 minutes of. That that was action. that was the father's yeah the father yeah. said the most disgusting quote where he's like it was twenty minutes of actions for the rest of my fr- like my son's life yes yes it was like action I don't care whether it was twenty minutes or twenty seconds like you he raped someone like he yeah. he he made that decision like and then um he's clearly from a biased position with, to defend oh his ab- son. Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely because it's like where do you think that he gets this kind of attitude where he's like I'm the victim it might be from his parents like yeah. if his dad is the one that's saying that kind of stuff. Um, and but he, but he had also like one of his uh, good friends from growing up write a letter to the judge as well, and she was saying that like, but he, I know him like he's a sweetheart, like he's the nicest guy. He would never do anything to anyone. This isn't a rapist. This is a guy who's had too much to drink and made a bad decision. Is I'm that sorry. White privilege, like, really. It seems that white privilege and it, oh um, yeah, selective absolutely on like both parts, and I just feel to be honest. Six months is piss. Like that's burglary. Like, do you know what I mean? You can go in someone's house and nick a TV and get that. You know what I'm saying? And like, you're you're messing someone's life up, their mental, their family, and you're just getting six months. There, there are people in prison who, for growing marijuana. I mean, not to bring it back to the weed conversation that we had before anything, but like they were growing marijuana and they have received 25 years in prison, 25 years for growing a fucking plant versus this guy made a decision to consciously 
penetrate a woman who was unconscious. But it's it's economics. and he gets six months. Like it's a case of what's more, what costs more to like the establishment of a government. Yeah, selling yeah. things that aren't taxable or punishing a woman. Yeah, and it's and like, then that's where like, society yeah. stands, which is just like a it's a, it shows. And also, like, I went to talks with um. Alcohol was like a big factor in this in this case. As we- it's not, it shouldn't be like like alcohol shouldn't be a factor. Yeah, no, it shouldn't like- be. But obviously, the the legal age to drink and whatnot is different from the UK to the US. So, what's how is alcohol treated? I hear that. I hear that. But do you remember what it's like being in your twenties? I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. What I'm saying is six months is not like... Well, it's piss take. It's, 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 a, it's a piss take because I guarantee you if I punch a police officer in America, like you're going for a long time, cuz. Like you're on that wing. You don't even need to punch a police officer. I'm just saying, just like you just need to be alive. <laughs> you just need to like, like <laughs> look weird, like one day, you know, and then walk down the streets, and oh, like you, you just need to literally. But I just want to, I want to think. Blood. I just, I got to put this point across here. If it was the judge's wife, yeah, or daughter, and he, what would his position be? Like, what would he say? Because he's got to think he's got a must have a wife at home or some female relative that. This could have happened to you. So you're going to tell me what you, you're going to give my man six months but, if it was your, if it was your nephew or your niece or something like that. I don't think I don't think that's the case for it. I don't think that's nah, it should be. I don't, it no. should be, but it's not. I think it's just a case of power where it's just like, okay, like this has happened, but because it's this guy and he's 
he's invisible than he and his father's this person. All right, let me put something to you. Before I get into that, I just want to say something. I read a story last year, yeah, about a guy yeah, whose dad has got peas, yeah? He went out, got drunk, killed people, knocked them over, yeah? And I, I can't remember the exact word, but basically he got off scot-free because he's a... A student, he shouldn't have done it. His dad's rich. They paid the money. And it has nothing to do with like being an A grade student. Nothing. It's just if you have it's money moral. or not. It's moral. Yeah, he, he wasn't even an A grade student. He was just white and an athlete. It's morally, like, like morally, it shouldn't happen at all. Like rape is rape, innit? It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Indian, Asian, whatever it is. Like if you commit drunk it, or not drunk. Commit, yeah, drunk or Dude, not drunk. No, but it does matter when someone. you do commit it in terms of the sentencing and the treatment. You oh, get. yeah, of course. Of course. But it, 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 what matters is, is the judging and the people that's handing out the sentences. My man's done already committed this thing, innit? It's the people that's handing out the punishment that are taking a piss. Because like I say, if it was my man's daughter, the judge, or his brother's daughter, or his niece, like I say, and he was... In the position, sitting in the dock, and saw that same dude. Yeah. Do you really think he's gonna be like, ah, oh, six months, man? So You'll you be think? Out soon. You think yeah. nah. So you think the true lie, the true blame lies amongst the judge and the judicial system, or the jury? It is because the jury found him guilty. Jury found him guilty. End of yeah. all charges. But the judge is the man that makes the decision. I like county, not even real jail. It's county, county jail. jail. It's a joke and a half. Okay, so you've already kind of transitioned straight into the court case, which is the next bit, which is the next topic. So the next section of the multiple outrage in this case was um, the court case, how she felt about the court case, what that meant, um, what that impacted, how that impacted her. Um, So it took a year to go to trial. And, and how she was perceived in that. And that I think that leads us on, really, really leads us on to talking about the sentencing on the basis that it was, it, by the way, it was a jury decided uh, verdict. And then the jury decided, if you don't know, the jury decides the verdict of guilty or not guilty, the judge then decides the sentencing. So I'm going to read you through an excerpt of her experience of the court case. Um, and then we can talk about that decision and then we'll move into talking about her experience of alcohol. So picking up on the excerpt that we've chosen from the court case, um, she obviously, she discusses the court case in details. We've selected some, some key bits. I thought that there's no way this is going to trial. There were witnesses. There was dirt in my body. He ran, but he was caught. He's going to settle. He's going to formally apologize and we will both move on. I said I was told he hired a powerful attorney, expert witnesses, private investigators who were going to try and find details about my personal life to use against me, find loopholes in my story to invalidate me and my sister in order to show that this sexual assault was in fact a misunderstanding, that he was going to go to any length to convince the world that he had just simply been confused. I was not only told that I was assaulted, I was told that because I couldn't remember, I technically could not prove that it was unwanted. And that distorted me. It damaged me and it almost broke me. It is the saddest type of confusion to be told I was assaulted and nearly raped blatantly out in the open, but we don't know if it counts as assault yet. I had to fight for an entire year to make it clear that there was something wrong with this situation. Worst of all, I was warned because he now knows you don't remember, he's going to get to rewrite the script. He can say whatever he wants and no one can contest it. I had no power. I had no voice. I was defenseless. 
My memory loss would be used against me. My testimony was weak, it was incomplete, and I was made to believe that perhaps I'm not enough to win this. His attorney constantly reminded the jury, the only one that we can believe is Brock because she doesn't remember. That helplessness was traumatizing. Instead of taking time to heal, I was taking time to recall the night in excruciating detail in order to prepare for the attorney's questions that would be invasive, aggressive, and designed to steer me off course. It was a game of strategy, as if I could be tricked out of my own worth. The sexual assault had been so clear, but instead, here I was at the trial answering questions like, how old are you? How much do you weigh? What did you eat that day? Well, what did you have for dinner? Who made dinner? Did you drink with dinner? You didn't drink with dinner, not even water. Well, when did you drink? How much did you drink? What container did you drink out of? Who gave you the drink? How much do you usually drink? Who dropped you off at this party? At what time? But where exactly? What were you wearing? Why were you going to this party? What did you do when you got there? Are you sure that you did that? But what time did you do that? What does this text mean? Who were you texting? When did you urinate? Where did you urinate? With whom did you urinate outside? Was your phone on silent when your sister called? Do you remember silencing it? Really? Because on page 53, I'd like to point out, you said it was set to ring. Did you drink in college? You said you were a party animal. How many times did you black out? Did you party at frats? Are you serious with your boyfriend? Are you sexually active? When did you start dating? Would you ever cheat? Do you have a history of cheating? Do you remember what time you woke up? Were you wearing your cardigan? What color was your cardigan? Do you remember any more from that night? No? Okay, well, we'll let Brock fill it in. One year later, as predicted, a new dialogue emerged. Brock had a strange new story. Almost sounded like a poorly written young adult novel with kissing and dancing and hand-holding and lovingly tumbling onto the ground. And most importantly, in this new story, there was suddenly consent. One year after the whole incident, he remembered, oh yeah, by the way, she actually said yes to everything. So he said he asked if I wanted to dance. I said yes, apparently. He asked if I wanted to go to his dorm. Oh, apparently I said yes. Then he asked if he could finger me, and I said yes. I'm just going to say, most guys don't ask, can I finger you? Usually there's a natural progression of things unfolding consensually, not a Q&A. But apparently I'd verbally granted full permission. So therefore he's in the clear. Even in his story, I only said it out of three words. That would be yes, yes, and yes before he had me half naked on the ground behind a dumpster. Future reference, guys, if you're confused about whether a girl can consent, see if she can speak an entire sentence. You couldn't even do that. Just one coherent string of words, where is the confusion? It's pretty much common sense. According to him, the only reason we were even on the ground in the first place is because I fell down. Note again, if a girl falls down, help her get back up. If she's too drunk to walk and falls down, probably don't mount her, hump her, take off her underwear, insert your hand inside her vagina. If a girl falls down, probably best to help her up. If she's wearing a cardigan over her dress, don't take it off so that you can touch her breasts. Maybe she's cold. Maybe that's why she wore the cardigan. And next in the story, these two Swedes on bicycles approach you, she's talking about Brock, and he ran. So (laughs) they then tackle him. If you're that sure, why didn't you say, stop, 
everything's okay. Go ask her. She's all right. She's over there. She'll tell you she consented. I mean, you just asked, right? She was awake, right? When the policeman arrived and interviewed the evil Swede that had tackled him, he was crying so hard he couldn't speak for 45 minutes because of what he'd seen. The attorney repeatedly pointed out, well, we don't know exactly when she became unconscious. And you're right. Maybe I was still fluttering my eyelids and wasn't completely limp. That was never the point. I was too drunk to speak English. I was too drunk to consent way before I was on the ground. I should never have been touched in the first place. Brooke stated, at no time did I see that she was not responding. If at any time I thought she was not responding, I would have stopped immediately. Here's the thing. If your plan was to stop only when I became unresponsive, then you just still not understand. And you didn't even stop when I was unconscious anyway. Somebody else stopped you. Two guys on bikes noticed I wasn't moving in the dark behind a dumpster and had to tackle you until the police came. So how did you not notice I was unresponsive while you were on top of me? I think the first thing that comes to mind is literally just the question of, in an ideal world, how can you deal with a rape case so that this doesn't happen and that the victim gets... In the sense that we don't want to persecute people where people are crying wolf. But at the same time, someone who this has happened to and the expression that she's given to what she's gone through is so vivid. Yeah. We don't want to drag her through that either. So how do you find the balance to assure I, there's justice, like, just structurally? How do you, how, like, in the ideal I think, world? I think there's a difference between legality and education. I think the biggest debate that we're going to have around this case is the alcohol consumption and the issue of round consent. I think that I think that educating people on the lines, on the boundaries, you know, no, we're not asking uh, guys to get signed consent forms every time they have sex with someone. We're just asking them to use common knowledge. But then at the same time, I have a lot of guy friends that say, well, I get fucking wasted too. I don't know what I'm doing half the time too. So maybe I'm not aware of what I'm doing. And th- th- this is the kind of the epicenter of this case. It is the, you know who's more at fault who's more vulnerable who i think in who that holds case, that responsibility because currently legally it, it is with you guys yeah, i think you guys are responsible yeah. for gaining consent being able to prove that you have consent before you do anything i think the whole conversation of oh guys get drunk too and like we might interpret certain things as rape it's just a waste of time because although there are victims and yeah. there are a yeah. lot of victims and they're not to be denied there's still like whether we like it or not, we do live in a sexist society. Like it's easier. Sexist in what way? In a way where, in terms of a rape case, the woman, regardless of the events or whatever unfolded, she's automatically labelled as the bad person, as if she's done something wrong. When in fact she's oh, she victim. she has to prove their guilt. Yeah, I th- I think that, I mean that's that's the key thing. A guy. And you know what? I'm going to go there and say, actually, and I'd like to bring this up as well, just because I feel like it's really important topically. Um, I spent a lot of time reading comments about this on the New York Times and on The Guardian, reading reading just um, people's comments. And someone made the comment that all women would never victimize or uh, villainize, sorry, a woman that did this to a guy. Now, I personally, as a human being, this is my own personal feelings about this. When I read cases about, particularly it seems to be female teachers in positions of authority that abuse 
young male pupils and it's never reported as rape, that bothers me. I feel that they should be held to the same category. But it depends if a victim sees it as rape. A hundred percent. I think... No, no, I, I agree. I'm saying I'm trying to talk about... It. But exactly, you've been taken advantage of, but did you go home and say, I'm a victim? No, no. I you said I'll go I in. Felt, I felt like I got taken advantage of. Oh, really? Yeah. No joke, but it did happen. Yeah. I was young. What I'm saying is, I, as someone, I'm not sitting here man-hating. I'm not sitting saying, all men are evil. None of you understand what you're doing. And I'm not saying that this, this is primarily female female victims, male perpetrators. Yeah. I'm saying that humans to humans, yeah. if consent isn't there, yeah. that's that's the issue. Male on male, female on female, male on female. But I think versa. because consent is unwritten and it's informal and it, it relies on body yeah. language and yeah. other factors, yeah. there's yeah. no way to police it. Like, I mean, the thing is, without though, getting it wrong, I have to say, I'm sitting. No, yeah, yeah. In this case, it's clearly wrong. But is it though? Because his his team, and I'm not saying I defend him at all. What I'm saying, so picking up in terms, what what the key thing is here for us, and and for the the sake of this case is a topic of consent. It's not a topic of age. It is a topic of consent. And I think what, where we were talking about before was I refuse to make this podcast, this, this topic of conversation about male versus female. I don't think that it's right. I don't think that it's about that. I think that I think everyone can be a perpetrator. I think that everyone can be a victim. Um, and I think that it can happen in, in any circumstance. And I think that when you stop and think about it, Everyone has probably probably been a, a victim, uh, and I will use that quote unquote in, in terms of being taken advantage of. In some maybe context. in some context, um, I think that one of the key things here is that in the court case, the lack of memory was used against someone, and and I think that's a super interesting topic, and I think you know that's something that. I personally, I resonate a lot with, um, I think that, you know, I'm sitting in a group of one, two, three, four, five, six, and me, seven people. And I am going to go straight in and you don't have to agree with me or not. But I mean, I back out drink. Like I'm, I'm small. Yep. I know. I, I am large and I do too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I like alcohol. I do. I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. I enjoy drinking. Um, but I very much struggle to be between the point of, oh, I'm starting to drink. Uh, oh, I'm tipsy. I shouldn't have another drink. There is no middle ground for me. There is, I am either cool and I'm drinking and I'm chilling and I'm chatting to you guys as we are, or I am blackout drunk. I mean, you know, take, take for example, my birthday a few weeks ago, pretty sure there's like 12 hours. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's fine. I'm in my flat. I'm with my friends. It's all good. I'm having fun. Honestly, I wake up the next day. The only thing I'm concerned about is, God, there were no arguments, were there? I didn't insult anyone. Like, that's my biggest concern. I don't feel unsafe. I'm good. But, and yeah, I should have the right. 
to be like, I should have the right to feel safe in that circumstance. And I mean, we've been talking about this in the office for the last two days. We've been talking about this just in the wider context of stuff. And I think something that I brought up today that I think is a really interesting point, I probably falls slightly into the next category, which we'll get into, which is drinking and, and consent. But it's also, it's being a woman, why being a woman if you're drunk and and it's the only thing that I'll make it about sex is everyone's gone oh well she should take responsibility for making herself vulnerable so I use the example of you know where we work where I live right you know for for argument's sake I'm five foot right sober I probably couldn't fight off a, a six foot guy or a guy actually that was stronger than me sober I probably couldn't fight off a guy so that was sober. So what difference does it make being drunk? So if I was drunk, so if I was sober and someone attacked me and raped me, I'm automatically the victim. God forbid, 4 p.m., it's light, this happened to me. Mike, all she was doing is walking home from work. And she was sober and she was so weak. She was so overpowered. But as soon as I've had a drink, as soon as I've had two glasses of wine after work, suddenly you're and I've walked through the same underpass, the same thing has happened to me. Well, can we trust what she says? Well, she was drunk. And all of a sudden, that's when you get people commenting, saying, well, she should take responsibility for putting, and, and I quote unquote what I've seen time and time again, not just on this, but other things, putting herself in a vulnerable situation. Yeah. I'm five foot. I don't think, I'm already in a yeah. vulnerable situation. <laughs> I don't think there's anything as like, there's no such thing as a vulnerable situation unless you're in like the Amazon <laughs> or something crazy or like Wait, you're somewhere yeah. where rebel soldiers just happen to lie. Like you're not well, in a dangerous situation as a human being. I mean, oh, you shouldn't be. It's the, pe- shouldn't it's the people be. around you that make yeah, the situation. Yeah, I mean like, I think even even in, even her? in like what the the whole like it's seven thousand word essay that she wrote to the court. There was even a section of it where she's like, you know, I was wearing a cardigan, I was covered up, yeah. you know, and like so you're not inviting like, us all. Yeah, like a it's that, and it also it's b. But, it but you know what? It shouldn't inviting. be about that because if yeah, no, she wanted to, if she wanted to wear a tank top that God forbid shows yeah. a little bit of her cleavage, that is not for her to feel vulnerable because she wants to wear a tank top. But I think... You know what I mean? I think the issue is speaking in the same narrative that the people who make these decisions, like the the judicial system, like speaking in their narrative. So even mentioning the fact that, oh, I had a cardigan on. on. So what? That's that's sad that she has to bring that up to to, to almost prevent, like, defend herself. Look at this way, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, look at this way. (laughs) I'm probably better protected wearing no clothes and being a stripper in a strip club in London than I am being a woman leaving for some drinks wearing a short skirt. Because if I get assaulted, and I've seen this before, the 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 defense would go, Well, you're kind of asking for it. Yeah, that's bullshit. Why would you show so much skin if you didn't want to fuck? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was 29 degrees. Yeah. Maybe I bought a really cute Maybe I felt really cute (laughs) when I was wearing it. I wasn't asking you to fucking rape me. I felt cute in my outfit. I, You know what? If you want to look at me and be like, oh, cute, move on with your life. If you want to look at me and be like, oh, cute, I'm going to rape you. That's a different story. That is your choice. You're putting that on me and my body. I didn't have any effect on that. You know what I mean? Like, agree. I, I, I can't stand that. Like, it's, it's, it's I mean, slut shaming. It is. I. 
It is again. He got again, found it's a, guilty it's on three felony felony sexual intent assault. to rape, um, inserting uh, a penetration, yeah. Yeah. penetration, with a and it, penetration with a foreign object. Yeah. Um, but I think. It is, it is not just the sentencing. It's not just the fact he was white. It's not just the way that it was handled. It just opens up a wider conversation. This is in the US, but this is not just in the US. This is a global issue. And like I said before, before we went, it is. it's not just that. This is a consent issue. It is a white privilege issue in a, in a large... Oh, yeah. You know what? I have to say I agree with that. Who the fuck... Puts out a school picture and someone's swimming times. Whilst they talk about how he may or may yeah. not have yeah. potentially raped someone. It wasn't may or may not. He was caught by two people in the air. He was humping over a girl over a an dumpster. unconscious. Like, I rate the girl so much because yeah. she yeah. really anticipated the reception of. Okay, well, he's a oh, swimmer and he's yeah. he's done you X, know, Y, yeah. and Z. So you know, we know nothing about forward. this girl. Yeah. She's completely anonymous. Oh, I, I, we don't I, know if I, she's... I respect her for all the more... I, I just have to say, we don't know if she's black. We don't know if she's white, Hispanic, Mixed race, Latino, don't Asian. Anything. We don't know anything about her. But she did call out, and it, it's not an excerpt that we, that we chose to focus on, but she did call out and say if he was black, if he was colored. I think if she was black, it would have been not guilty. You think if she was black, she'll be not guilty? Yeah. The case would be not guilty. Wow. wow. It depends. I don't know. It's a big statement to make. How bad is the American judicial system? Well, we. I mean, pretty fucking bad. It is that bad. We know <laughs> enough to know it's that bad. Jesus. I don't know. It's that bad. How is like drinking perceived in America? Well, well you I know mean, what? Like, Hold on. Talk about that, and then once you finish yeah. that, let's jump back into how she talks about how alcohol shouldn't affect yeah. her, but yeah, is a factor. I, I mean, like, great, go I into mean, that. To, Thank to you. To be fair, like, I mean, I for you, got, you guys listening, um, I'm from New York originally. Um, but my my parents are. I moved over here a couple of years ago to London. Um, but like growing up in the states and stuff. I know that the drinking age is so much higher. Over here, it's more kind of like a natural thing. Like if you you drink when you're like 15, 16, you know, yeah. you smoke drugs, like whatever, like whatever you do, like it, it starts younger. But in the States, it is such a taboo. It's like, treated like crack. It is. You are treated like if you have a drink before you're 21, you're treated like you're a fucking murderer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. calm down. You know, at 18 years old, you can vote. You can you can join the army and die for your country. You can get married. But God, you, forbid, God forbid. God forbid God you drink for- Jack. Bid, yeah. you have a drink you know what i mean like so i i don't know like I, I do think that there is such a taboo around it that like by the time people reach 21 they have they're fucked up before then like completely. because they don't know how because, to handle because the they don't know how to yeah. handle it and because like because it's been so taboo and so pushed down they're like well i'm going to get drunk in secret and i'm i don't know how to handle myself but i'm going to keep yeah. drinking because shots and all these songs and whatever talk about shots and like getting wasted like and I do think it is a huge problem. Yeah. Well, here anyway, but the, the like legal age to drink is eighteen, right? Yeah, um, correct. And also, come on, most of us start before. Yeah, before that. that yeah, anyway. that's, that's the thing. Like 16, 16 with a with a meal with yeah. your parents. Yeah, with a meal with your parents. But yeah, yeah, culturally, yeah. like the stigma of well, within certain communities. If anyway, you hadn't had a drink yeah. over here before you were eighteen, we would fucking hate the piss out of yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was a good kid. Like, I didn't drink until I was about. 18, then you came 19. over and here. And you're like, 
Bella's gone wild, London version. Yeah, no, that's that's the thing. Like where it was like all throughout. Like I never ever ever drank, and then I kind of got to college, and I was like, oh, I'll start drinking. And like it's just it's just that mindset where it's like it's somehow instilled in you that like you know if you drink before this age, like is alcohol like associated with sex? Is it like closely linked? It it is associated. It is closely linked with that. Alcohol is kind of like associated with like bad decisions, like drunk driving, um, like you know any. It's just it's kind of associated into that like your decisions while you're drunk it's it's your fault but the thing is like no one's held held accountable because like yeah. oh well, you were drunk you didn't know what you're talking about it's everything like, like depends on like individual responsibility in america yes. culturally i guess yeah yeah culturally i think absolutely. um that leads us really nicely on into the alcohol and consent and the excerpts that we yeah. chose around that so what the victim decided to do was address certain sections of her convicted, may I say, rapist, um, some statements from his statement. Yeah. So her convicted rapist stated, being drunk, I just couldn't make the best decisions and neither could she. And this is her response. Alcohol is not an excuse. Is it a factor? Yes. But alcohol was not the one who stripped me, fingered me, had my head dragging against the ground with me almost fully naked. Having too much to drink was an amateur mistake that I admit to, but it is not criminal. Everyone in this room has had a night where they've regretted drinking too much or know someone close to them who has a night where they've regretted drinking too much. Regretting drinking is not the same as regretting sexual assault. It's important point. We were both drunk. The difference is I did not take off your pants and underwear, touch you inappropriately, and then run away. That is the difference. And the second excerpt that we've chosen for that was that he, the convicted rapist, which I will say quite openly, the convicted rapist, made a statement saying, I stupidly thought it was okay for me to do what everyone around me was doing, which was drinking. I was wrong. Her response to that was, again, you were not wrong for drinking. You was wrong for Everyone around you was not sexually assaulting me. You were wrong for doing what nobody else was doing, which is pushing your erect dick in your pants against my naked defenseless body concealed in a dark area behind a dumpster where party goers could no longer see or protect me and my own sister could not find me sipping fireballs is not your crime peeling off and discarding my underwear like a candy wrapper to insert your fingers into my body is where you went wrong i don't understand why i'm still explaining this and i felt that those were the two most powerful excerpts for for the alcohol consent conversation now I, I mean I agree like I said I, like I will openly admit to getting blackout drunk I'm I mean I am a blackout drinker that's my problem it, it's funny like I I have been spiked I have have a full six to seven hours where I still don't remember anything I know the difference between being spiked and drinking too much um it doesn't mean that I remember anything in between but I know that one of those was me drinking too much when this is me being spiked. But it doesn't mean that you are any less defenseless in, in that in that area. So I don't know how you guys feel about that at all. 
in in terms of alcohol, it, it, the the issue is is that the the entire argument is based around they were both drunk. They were both drunk, but I mean, I'm they sorry, as far drunk. as I'm concerned, yeah. if, even if you are blackout drunk, I feel like there is some semblance of a human being inside of you that knows if a person is unconscious, slumped over. I'm going to be super, yeah, I super think vulgar even, right like, now. Whole, and just say, yeah, 100%. I'm going to be quite vulgar. I'm going to look at Mary Ellen as a girl, and I'm going to be quite vulgar. I'm a girl? I don't know if we're going to put this out. Okay. But I'm going to go there and say, <clears throat> as a woman... Mm-hmm. There's a guy you want to get with. Kind of hot. He's kind of hot. He's strong. Hey, Ed Sheeran. You're like, yeah. Hey. Like, oh, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Yeah, hey. <laughs> you know, you're kind of drunk. We're kind of, we're kind of drunk. Maybe you guys have kind of pressed together dancing. Maybe he's giving you a look. Maybe you've been up in a bedroom together. What I will tell you quite confidently that I won't do when I'm drunk is is unbuckle the pants, of, uh, unbuckle the trousers. Ed Sheeran. Of, of a drunk guy, pull them down, pull out his flaccid penis and put it in my mouth. I will I will quite confidently say like, that's not really something I want to do. Why well, he's passed out snoring, I'm not about to do that to get turned on. Yeah. I'm not about to yeah. do that to turn me on. And, and quite frankly, I just, I feel like if I'm going to give you the female representative of what it would be like. Oh, on the flip side, off, yeah. Yeah, it's female. yeah. I'm gonna say it's I'm disturbing. Gonna go there like and safely say flaccid penis flaccid, isn't something no. that I want. Let alone without consent. No, so, no. You know, I mean, but I mean, like, it's, it's con- consent is consent because, like, I've also had a lot of friends where you know, like, I mean, if, if, if they, they, if they, yes they see they no, but, but, but that's, not, that's not even that. Where it's like if they're at a club or they're somewhere and they, they're talking with a guy and they're kind of hitting it off and they're making out or whatever. Just because you're making out doesn't mean that she automatically wants to fuck you. You know, so like, so like, that's so, so it's no guys need to kind of recognize this. Like, I know if you're rolling your eyes or whatever, but like, you know, you know, if, you, if you're making out and stuff and you're feeling it, fine. But that does, like, that does maybe, not. Mean that she wants to take the next step. Also, pass out before we have sex. Yeah, because like that might be that might happen. If a guy asks, if a guy is drunk and he, if you're drunk in a club, for instance, and a guy is drunk as well, and you both have been dancing or whatever, and you may have kissed or whatever, but Mm -hmm. he's he's open for dialogue to take it to the next step. Hundred. How do you? You're drunk, there but are, is your response? There are circumstances. Okay, but that, let me ask you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's dialogue, and she's like, if she, if if you know, you're at a club, if and she says no. You ask me. You want to come back to mine? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like me. That's a no. You take that as a yes. That's a no. Okay, lots of guys who take that as a yes. So if you ask me, you want to come back to mine? Yeah. And I go, yeah, that sounds great. Where do you live? That sounds like a Boom. yes to me. That's the difference. You ask me, you want to come back to mine? And I say, yeah, that sounds so great. And we get a cab back to yours and we get to yours and we have a drink. And then after the second drink, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm slow, I'm unresponsive and I'm falling asleep. Yeah. Is that the point that you have sex or not? But no, let's imagine we have, uh, let's imagine me and you have some connection where you do, we you are do. able to have some dialogue in that context you'll love like connection that. right now right here yeah let's imagine we actually did talk on like whatsapp and like sex that late at night like any other human does but if we're both drunk oh so you're saying 
If I was already your fuck buddy or potential fuck buddy, and we are both fucked. No, if you're not even, but I haven't actually taken that step. But if I if I go to take that step whilst I'm intoxicated and you are, it depends how intoxicated you are. Mm, yeah. So, so tell me, I'm. I mean, I'm sitting in a room right now with four men. But you and can say yes. Four? No, no. What I'm saying is, I'm focusing on the four men. I'm looking around the room and I'm saying, Have any of these guys ever done anything with someone that is passed out? Because I mean, really, that's let's bring it back to the conversation that we've had. Have you ever, would you ever want to, would you even want to? What yeah. kind of fucking satisfaction do you get? You may have been drunk and other girls have been drunk. I think we have a question. If you could just bring the mic bring over there. Bring the mic Bernie Mac. Bernie right, Mac so speaking. my ex, yeah, she's, she always told me that if, if I pass out, just carry on and finish. <laughs> <laughs> well, your ex sounds like, uh, well, she, she gave you more <laughs> consent. So there was a one incident. <laughs> We went out, we were both drunk, and we're in it, but it was like really super drunk sex. Super drunk sex? And she passed out. She's a a super passed out girl. Like, she passes out. But did did you have sex with a defenseless unconscious body? No, I stopped because it was weird. There we go. I stopped because it was weird. You stopped. But she woke up the next day and started laughing. Listen, I mean, I think like we're we're verging onto an entire different podcast. No, that was my ex. We can call her right now. She she was she, she consented to that. She was my missus. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, cool. Thank you. Um, I think that that's there's an entire different conversation about um consent within a relationship. How much do you know of someone? How drunk did they get? How much do they want it? You know, like I I mean I I think I I just think like. I think that consent is in this circumstance. Um, you know, it's. It, I I just don't get how people can't get it. And Marilyn, I feel like you feel the same way. Like, no, abso- absolutely. Listen, I I, I don't, either willing I, I, or I, I, you're not. I don't like, care if, if I, think I don't as listen, a male. I don't care if you're a guy yeah. hanging on a girl or a girl hanging on a guy. Consent is consent. And if you like, it doesn't matter. Like, if you're like making out or like whatever, and like. You don't want to take it any further? Fine. It's not up to that other person, be it female or male, to be like, oh, but you let me on. You kissed me. We must fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I think think just as a guy, like what I've been through, just day to day, even things that don't relate to sex at all, even just like taking a, a chocolate from the shop as like a young teenager, you know what you're doing is wrong regardless of how intoxicated yeah. you are. But the fact you are intoxicated does allow you room for some justification because there are things wrong mm, with the judicial careful. system, even though it's not right. Careful. That's the, the case. The, the, the term tox- intoxication and justification, yeah. I don't think that should be used together because it's not a justification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no, but it is a you're choice. You're able to manipulate I, it. It is a choice. You're able to manipulate it because there are people who actually believe that intoxication does provide some justification. Awesome. So oh, if, you are in, if you are in a it's, position where you are drunk and you do like forward yourself upon a girl which you shouldn't then i think from a perpetrator's perspective just thinking really cynically he's able to get away with that in in his mind in, because in he understands how the system court. is set up and 
Yeah. He's able to protect himself because of the fact that she's been able to to get drunk by her own means. But yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying, but like at the same time, it's kind of what the girl touched upon in her letter. Like we've all been in that, like whether male or female been in that circumstance where we regret our actions. Like hell, I did it last weekend. I did it last Saturday. I regretted my actions. But you know what I mean? Like, but there's a massive difference because like, even though I was so drunk, yeah, exactly. Like there's a, there's a difference between regretting my actions, whether I told someone how I feel or have felt awkward or anything like that versus actually maybe sexually assaulting and raping someone. There, yeah. There is a difference. And I don't care how intoxicated you get. There should still be some semblance of a human within you that kind of realizes like, oh, that's not that's not right. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's like, the best way to put it, just how you worded it. And I know a lot of people have opinions and there's a lot of discussions around the debate. So if you do have any feelings, like please feel free, like, please feel free to contact us or at us and express how you feel because yeah, I do think it's a wider conversation that needs to be had. But yeah, I feel like we've discussed it as much as we can as people and yeah i feel like this is a very and I think deep that's, episode yeah, it's, almost yeah it's deep but that's what it all comes down to i mean it is 2016 guys like we are all people we are all humans i don't care what color what race what religion where you grew up how you grew up what year you grew up like it is all down to us to kind of like you know come together in this fashion of like what is right and what is wrong just based on being human nothing else doesn't matter man woman race culture like i said just being human like yeah i think that's the best way to put it and on that note we'll probably join you next week with mikhil around vacant yeah we missed him this week that's tbc podcast renee we missed you as well And yeah, that's the end. He provided me with a very delicious cookie from Subway, so... Word. Word. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend 
Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com